And we got all three of us on here. We got all three? <laughs> we, we got, got all three, three, baby. We got all three. See me? Yeah, Holy Jeremy's Christmas. just a little more, he's just a little smaller a box over in the right here, but I can still see the germ. And okay. yes, I see I'm his bald head and, can and you glasses see me? as well. Yeah, can you see me? Yeah, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Dan, let's settle the debate once and for all. Yes, I you, was the best you, runner. Not where I was oh. going. Oh, sorry. Super shoes. Give us your hot take. Oh, Super shoes. All right, so I've been catching up on, on your all's little podcast been kind of binging it, if you will. Super shoes, I don't think it's a thing. It's Bingo. It's, it's the person. It's the person. The shoes aren't the, the sh you. Oh, germ, germ. Brad, Brad, it's it's no, the person. Listen, Brad's already claiming he can run, go out and run two thirty right now with the shoes. That's because well, you don't even need to run, Dan. It's you put on the shoes; just, they're so amazing. They just take have off you, on their own. Have you, That's right. Have you put on super shoes, Dan? Dan Barry. Uh, every day I do. Oh, see, how do you think I get through my days? No, because they're my gum? shoes. They're super. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Mama called called him my special shoes. <laughs> <laughs> my back's as crooked as a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you legit a, think that super uh, shoes uh, like don't have an impact? Okay, they have a they have a slight impact just like if you're like if you're going out with uh you know if um if you're going out in flats you're not it's not going to help you out a little bit on a longer distance race you know what i mean like it, that helps you in those shorter races because it's less uh you know less weight, weight you're carrying your around yeah but no i don't it, you know so it does help you does it help you like insane amount yeah i don't think so so what do you think you would have run let, let's go through a little bit of your running history. Okay. When did you start running? Got to get some water. Um, oh, boy. So I started running my sophomore year of high school. Uh, I transferred into from uh, Cardinal Newman to Pope in uh, Boca Raton, and it was just a way to get to know people at a new high school To because I was, one, I was more in, into soccer and stuff, but I was like, all right, I'll do. I'll do this to train for soccer and then found out I was pretty decent at it and uh, kind of took it and ran literally. And uh, kind of the way I ended up meeting you two clowns was well, um, you, you, we had went, a, you had quite a good high school career, though. Yeah, it was decent. I mean, my that's what, like I said, my uh, sophomore year, it was at the state meet. Um, I was, uh, you know, speaking on. It's sometimes better to run dumb. I just ran and competed against people. I had no idea what times I was running. I didn't really care. I just knew I wanted to be, you know, as far up in front as I possibly could. And uh, I think it was it was it wasn't until my sophomore year in track, um, where my my track team had the opportunity to possibly win the state meet. And my coach said, you know, I was running the thirty two hundred there. I ran the four by eight earlier. Um, we placed, if I can remember right, I think we placed second or third, third that year, my sophomore year, I ran like a two Oh two split. And then in the 3,200, my coach at the time in high school said, you know, if, if you win this, we got a chance of winning the state title. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm just an idiot. I'm like a sophomore high school kid. I was, oh, okay. So I went and ran no clue what I just did. I won the, the state meet in the 3,200. And I think I ran a 952, nothing like spectacular, but. Like I said, I didn't really care about times. I was just trying to to race to win. So that was my sub first state title. Sub ten as a sophomore is pretty good. Yeah, it didn't get much better after that though. <laughs> and did you? My did best, you, you my won best other was nine forty two in high school. Yeah, you so I placed, other... uh, my uh, junior year we won the four by eight. Um, I ran a one fifty six split, I think, in that year. But we won the four by eight my junior year. I placed. Uh, second in the 3200 that year, and that's when I ran a 942 that year. Um, and then senior year, I decided I wanted to run four by eight, 1600, and 3200 because I was trying to get the uh, team MVP, which means most points scored. That's how my coach always did it. Whoever earned the most points throughout the school year or throughout the season, 
uh, end up being the MVP and I wanted to be the MVP. So I did four by eight, 16, 32 every meet. And uh, we, I ended up qualifying for all those at the uh, state meet. And we placed third in the four by eight. I got second by like a fingernail in the 1600, ran a 419. And uh, after that, while they're calling my name to come get my uh, second place medal, I was over there up chucking in the middle of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium <laughs> <laughs> while they're calling my name, Danbury for second place. And I'm over there. Ugh! Just puking up. <laughs> I think I had a club sandwich earlier that day. It was not a good idea. Nice. Nice. But, uh, and then play stuff. Kind of lollygag through a 3200 where I was just feeling like I was going to continue to puke through that. But I placed third there. So I was pretty decent. And then we met as you came to Winthrop. Yeah. So to run. My, uh, I, it was my senior year. We went up there and ran the Great American. Or I was excuse me, it was a footlocker, footlocker up there at McAlpine. McAlpine we were driving yeah. around and there was a sign Winthrop University. I was looking for schools and we pulled on in and actually one of our teammates uh driving around at empty campus, obviously. Here comes <laughs> out of Richmond, Ashley Ackerman going on his run. And oh boy. my dad, my dad, who just kind of doesn't care. Puts down the window. Here I am in the back of high school. He's don't don't do anything. What do you do? Just let him go. He's like he's like hey, where's where's the uh, stadium at? He's like Ashley trying to you know marketing all you know pulling himself out of that kind of start talking four to one ratio girls to guys. <laughs> but we ended up finding Ben Pax and our coach, and then uh, everything kind of went from there. He started uh, reaching out and recruiting me. Went on a uh, recruiting trip up there, met you clowns. And actually, you were my host, Brad, if you remember. I don't. I Oh, yeah. you know what? I do, Actually, I do remember. We spent your entire uh, money, our, your recruiting money, and then we had to fake – we had to fake receipts like we were just finding any <laughs> substation receipts we could possibly we, find. We, yeah, I think every one of them was like, oh, Charlie's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone, and then everyone uh, had a loaded baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> and then turned in said receipts to an absolute just hellscape from Ben Paxton, who was quite upset with our spending spree. Oh yeah. There's no way you ate four meals at O'Charlie's. <laughs> uh, not getting past them on that one. He knew the shenanigans that were taking place. That's for sure. He knew the shenanigans. There was, but that pretty much hook, line, and sinker right there is like hanging out with you guys at the uh, recruiting trip. I was like, these guys are awesome. Little did I know, it was just all a big show. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Come to find so, out, a bunch of losers. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at us yeah. here we are <laughs> so you're you're coaching high school now yep coaching high school uh actually just moved to a new high school brand new high school representing there you go had to wear the gear bulldogs nice the so bulldogs the school itself is brand new school itself is brand new um just opened <laughs> so i was at park vista for boy uh, 14 years coaching cross country and track there. And then this opportunity came up and it's a little bit closer to home, which helps. Uh, and I thought it'd be interesting to see what it looks like to kind of start a program. So here I am. So, so what are the challenges of starting a program? Park Vista had an established program. Like they've oh, got yeah. a, they had a pretty long history of having the program there. What are the challenges of moving from an established program to starting up something brand new still learning it but um i think day one was trying to get kids out just trying to let them know there is a cross-country team because you know cross-country is not a normal sport like everyone goes and plays basketball or soccer or whatever baseball you know down here anyways it's very minimal in uh in uh, middle schools so it's not well known, like you're not going to middle school meets or things like that. But it was just trying to get that out. Like, hey, cross country is available, you know, like, come on out. Let's give it a try. And a lot of people, I mean, I mean, maybe you guys are the same way. You see cross country, you think 3.1 miles. You're like, shit, I'm not doing that. 
I'm not going on going out there just to run for fun kind of deal. So I think that was the immediate. So actually, it, it ended up working out really well. So first first meet, I remember first meet. Um, so just to give you a little background with the new high school, um, some of the kids were coming from Park Vista that I had actually taught and things like that. So I, I, I teach a freshman class, uh, physical science. And there was a couple that I heard within my classes that said that they were moving to the new high school. They didn't run cross country at, um, at Park Vista. Sometimes I try to rope them in and recruit them in that way. But so I gave them the information. I was like, Hey, I'll be coaching over there. I'll be going. So the first day I, we had two kids come out. One of which was <laughs> one I had, had taught. Yeah. One of which was one I had taught at Park Vista. She just came out and she was looking to try to get involved. And she was one that was, to be honest, was borderline, which direction was going to go as a human. You know what I mean? Like, drugs were pulling her one way or you know, p- people that were doing uh, negative things. So this kind of gave her a positive uh, direction. And then the other one was a uh, freshman um, coming in that got the information that we had posted on Google Classroom in the uh, with the uh, school website and all that. So we had two kids the first day. And that was like, to me, I was like, what did I just do? Here I am coming from Park Vista where we average 50 kids uh, a season for cross country. I'm like, crap, we got two. You're a long way from uh, scoring actually in a meet. Uh, yeah. 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 Very, <laughs> very long. Very long way. We may not even enter anybody. Let's just say that. <laughs> but the first practice, so we, you know, new to all this and just got the kids together. I was like, all right, so what have you been doing all summer? And this is about three weeks prior to the first day of school, just to give you an idea where we were. And they're like, nothing. I was like, oh, all right. Well, we're going to start. Um, we don't have a track yet. The track was still being worked on. The school is still under construction. So we had the parking lot. So we Sounds I was like, like, all right, we're going <laughs> 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 um, Actually, a little better. But <laughs> so we, we started with literally doing a lap around the parking lot as a warm up. And I kid you not, both of them were strugglicious to finish a lap around the parking lot. And I was Oof. like, oh, my God, what have I just done to myself? What are we doing here? So the first day was literally them doing a lap warm up, going through dynamics, doing another lap warm up around, going through dynamics again. And that was it. That was day one. So they may have Holy gotten moly. they may have gotten a total of a mile of running in. I mean, I'm after the dynamics, like you guys know, like I pretty much do a lot of the same similar stuff that we did. And in, uh, in college, I mean, sure. you're, you're moving, you're moving, but it was like, they were struggling to get through it. And I was like, Oh my God. I remember after it was after that first practice, I was talking to my assistant coach who actually I coached in high school, um, when he was in high school and I was just like, what did we do to ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> what did we do? I'm seeing what the other kids are doing at park business. They're running six to eight miles right now. And we got kids that were just trying to get through warm up. <laughs> So how many you're coming up to the end of the season? How many kids are on the team now? All right. So it quickly went from two kids to um, the, after the first week of school, we ended up with 24, which was awesome. Dang like, dude. Yeah. So quickly word got out. They heard that there was this an unbelievable, amazing coach that was coaching. Oh boy. Yeah. So, Here we go. Uh, yeah. So no, my assistant is great. My assistant is great. That's who they're talking about. So they start coming out, but uh, I, I tell you, it was, it's been a grind. Um, one, trying to, you know, taper my uh, views of them. Like, hey, here's, like, you know, like I, you guys have been talking about it, goals. Sometimes you got you to gotta adjust your goals. Goals at Park Vista, we're, we're going to um, state championship. We're going to go in the state meet. We were going to try to finish top 10 as a team or whatever. Here it's like, Hey, let's just uh, field a team that can complete a 5K. You know what I mean? So wow, they started doing it, and we ended up with, like I said, 24 kids. And uh, um, actually, this last weekend, we had districts um, where the girls' team placed ninth, and top eight would have moved on to regionals. Wow, and the boys' team, yeah, the boys' team placed tenth, but we have two individuals going: one uh, freshman girl and one junior boy that are going to be advancing to regionals as uh 
you know, individuals. So that's great, cool. man. Yeah, that's there's, cool. there's been a lot of significant improvements throughout. Like one kid came from a high school. He his uh he ran cross country at John I. He was 37 minutes was his PR. He finished this year with 24 minute PR or 24 minutes wow. being his PR. So significant improvement. Wow. So yeah. So so you know as you're building a brand new program do you have an idea what's more important is it having like listen having talent is always super it's beneficial at in any sport so but is it more important to have a like groom a culture where you're consistently getting you know like a number of kids out every year you've got a culture that every year people are showing up they want to be a part of the program and then the talent just kind of falls in there or you know like or just hope that you get a couple of talented kids come out to carry the team. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the camaraderie and like them coming out and being a part of it. Like, you know, I, I never turn kids away. I don't do any cuts. Um, if they're, you know, if they find out it's not for them, then they kind of cut themselves. If you will, they're like, all right, this running thing's not for me. Hey, you gave it a try. I'm not going to turn you away, but I'd rather have the camaraderie, the, um, the team atmosphere of it. And if you filter in there some um, some talented kids, then that's an addition. You know what I mean? But they got to be willing to be committed. That's our biggest thing is this is your team. You got to be committed to this. You can't be just, you know, all right, this isn't a club. We're not, you know, I'm coming when I want. No, you, you're in, you're in. That kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Love it. Yeah. So, Jeremy, you got any other questions? Oh, I forgot. Was the what are the questions I told oh you? Oh my god! <laughs> All right, this sounds let, about let right. Me, this is where it falls let, apart when it goes yeah, to the germ. Let, let me con- let me Go continue the, the script, interview, Jerm. Dan. Read the script. Wait, hold on, man. Here, so Kira, Kira, Ron honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Kira had a question for you. She said, oh, awesome. uh, "How like uh, with dealing with kids that have like higher performance goals." How do you prevent burnout and then manage those kids with performance goals? Okay. Um, so great question. Kira, great question. I'm glad that, you know, <laughs> you're in there. Great question. So the way we set it up and I, I base a lot of mine off of like a, a probably more, more so like the Jack Daniels with the B dot. Um, and it's based off your performance. Okay. So you're in group one, two, three. Um, group one is going to be our top group. You're going to be going on longer runs. Um, and majority of our training is long, easy with one quality day in there and then your race day. So last year I had a, a young lady who was struggling and it always seems, you know, unfortunately it is girls that, and it's hard to talk to them about it when they come in freshmen, they're light, they got, they haven't gone through any of that. They're, they sometimes met, you know, set their PRs that they'll never touch again. And it's just trying yep. to keep them, in my opinion, trying to keep them not focused on time goals, not focused on um, the outcome, but the path that you're taking, what you're doing each day. Um, you know, it, it is benefiting you. You may not see it, but it is benefiting you. You know what I mean? Uh, it is a challenge to keep them motivated, but... Um, I think that if you're in cross country, you're already self-motivated because you're there, you're committed to something that, uh, you know, is a challenge and tougher, but it's about just trying to keep them motivated. Does that answer that question a little bit? Yeah. So how do you prevent burnout with the kids? Oh, so I, that I try to do it. Um, what we do is, um, I give them each a Google sheet. All right. So when they do their runs that day, they put in. All right. What, let's just say we did a, a six mile run that day. What sort of run was it? Six miles, easy run. And then on the side, how'd they feel that day? And then I kind of go and I filter through, especially at night, you know, not to diminish the lower, the backside of it or our group four or five runners, but I look at our group one runners and I kind of read through, all right, they were, they weren't saying it, but they were struggling and they put it in here, that sheet that they were struggling. So then I kind of when next practice, if everybody else in there is going for six miles, I'll tell them they're going for four. You know what I mean? So I try to take it back off them a little bit. Um, with the burnout part, I've had to I've had to take kids and tell them that not to show up for a week. 
Do you know what I mean? I've had to tell him not to show up for a week. Just, hey, take a back seat. Like maybe in a meet, they struggled to an extent that they were like three minutes off their PR. You could just see that they were demoralized. Um, you're, you can come to practice, but you're not running. You know what I mean? We're going to find enjoyment in this. So do you find that burnout is is both physical and mental? Is it more mental than physical? Like, do you see any any correlation or or something like my personal opinion? I typically find the majority of runners aren't burning out because they're running too much. Like they might get tired of the monotony of running the same thing every day or they're going to have a like a week where they're just kind of like you said, that they're tired physically. So whether they've got the, you know, like a flu or whatever is, whatever is going on in their personal, personal life. But I typically find that burnout is more mental stress. So and it's typically like an internalized mental stress that they show up every single day. They're putting this giant internal pressure on them that they have to perform in practice. Then they get to mm-hmm. the meet, they're ridden with anxiety. And they say, well, like I have to be at my, like, you see a lot of people that are expecting miracles on race day as opposed yeah. to showing up for a race day and just saying, as long as I do the same thing that I've been doing in practice for the last three months, like there's no miracle on race day. It's just going to, whatever you run is what you run. It's what you, it's what's going to happen. Um, so I guess in that regards, uh, and this is, I mean, we're talking high school kids uh, that, you know, maybe boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them that day and the end of the world is, is there, you know? So it, that it's, it's a, it's a challenge. I think majority of it is not so much physical because they're still, they're, they're young kids. You know, they bounce back relatively pretty quickly from a lot of things quicker than maybe they even realize. Um, so it's a lot of that mental, um, again, going to uh, a, a former athlete that she just wasn't hitting any anywhere close to her PRs and, and it wasn't showing in practice. You're not doing it in practice. You're not, it's not going to, like you just said, magically happen. We got to keep working there. But if you have this outcome oriented mind of, I need to be, I don't know, I need to be up with that runner or I need like, that's where I'm supposed to be. And if you're not there, you're crushing yourself mentally, you know? So instead of just taking it like, Hey, this is we're early season or mid season, like just do the best you can today. That's all you can handle. Do the best you can today. If you give your best today, then you should be, you know, happy with your results, whatever they are, you know? You know, it's, so, it's funny that you say that. I see this a lot with Kira's team, that there's a perceived pecking order. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even see it with Kira. Then when she's out of place of that pecking order, like it's, it's immediate, it's snap of your fingers. It's not a fitness thing. It's just like this mental anxiety in the middle of the race that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And it becomes panic mode. So yep. when instead of just like, saying all right let's relax and you know like if if they were just going out for a six mile run no one would panic so but in the race they feel like one like once you're out of place you know like i'm immediately going backwards tent like you see the tents and like everything tightens up in their shoulders it's just like panic mode across their face yeah and you got to think in their heads all they're thinking is like why am i so far behind why am i not up with them they're getting all these whys or, or all these negative input in, impact on themselves and before you know it the race is already over and they haven't even had a chance to kind of regroup like you said kind of almost take a deep breath and be like let's reevaluate what can i do from here do you, you find know? Yeah. that opposite happens for a kid who is out of place but ahead of where they should be do they self-sabotage be like oh I'm not supposed to be here. Then they're like purposefully like slowed themselves down or like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I hate it. That's why, that's why sometimes, uh, it's better to run dumb, not even know what you're doing, just going out there and competing. Cause I can't, that's, that's another really, really, that's probably harder to deal with than the other side of it. You know? Um, oh, really? the other side of it, I, I, I think, cause I think the other side, a, a lot of them will, if, if do you kind of, keep on uh, pushing more of that positive influence on them and be positive with them. It gradually, they can climb out of it. Not all, not that they're going to always, but it, again, they may, they're going to have the opportunity to climb out of it. Where on the other side, they're hindering themselves because they're just like, Oh, they're a senior or they're, um, they're known to be the best runner. So I, I shouldn't be anywhere near this where 
practices and everything else, you're like, you're showing that you should be dominating this guy. You know, you know, you know, it's interesting. You see this statewide <clears throat> that uh, like every state will have one absolute stud. Right. So when I was growing up, it was a guy named Rob Evans in uh, Kira's world here of late. It was a girl named. Um, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank of her name. Anyway, she runs on Oregon now. She's like the number four runner on Oregon's team as a freshman. Mm-hmm. So she was, in, you know, like a Nike Nationals qualifier, All-American high school, broke every state record. <clears throat> and it was expected when she showed up to the races or when I was in high school, when Rob Evans was there, like That's it was it. everybody paced off of him, you know, like in. Uh, and so he ran, I think, his senior year, which was my junior year. He ran one states with like 417. Okay. Which was which was a good time. Mm -hmm. The next year, just to get out of every single region, you couldn't get out of the region without running 450. Yeah. So, you know, like, and and I think State was run one sub 410. It was like as soon as he was gone, boom, like the pecking order opened up. And I see this. It seems like I'm seeing it again now with the kids now that there's one person that dominates, you know, whether it's their sophomore, junior year, or there's just an expectation that that's the best runner. And maybe one kid will kind of challenge it. Maybe they get put in their place. But the majority of people, there's like an expected pecking order, basically from 1 to 50. Yeah, that okay, that's where they're at. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And then, like you just said, it was a great uh, example. It was once that person, that lead dog, the, the, the apex leaves, now it's wide open. All right, we, you know, let's see who's going to take over uh, that role. Well, I th- and I, yeah, then you a lot see of t- a lot of massive PRs probably too. Well, I think you see a lot of times then when there's then no like set number two person in the state that everybody's just like, well, like, why shouldn't it be me? It's my chance. Why now, shouldn't yeah. it be? And then and then like the competition just brings out the best of everybody. And I typically you see these giant jumps from what wins state one year to the next. Yeah, because it's like uh, the banister thing. Break four mi- four minutes, then poof, everybody's breaking four minutes. And I gotta admit, it's it gets kind of old. I mean, you would think just acknowledge the fact, acknowledge the fact that you broke four. There, you don't need to rush out and beat the world record. Just write again. It seems yeah. stupid. <laughs> You knew it was coming, Jeremy. I, I shouldn't think that Roger's face. I was like, yeah. I knew it as soon as he said it. As as, like, I've got, like, so I've got a kid on my team, you know, a good, you know, sophomore boy for us. You know, he ran sub 450 for us, which is uncalled for. Most kids don't even come close to breaking five. But he gets so wrapped up in the pecking order. He's like, oh, this kid's in the race. Oh, uh, I can't do that. I'm like, dude, just go and race. Yeah. Go and have fun. And then I have a girl who has no idea what she's doing at all. Like she's, she runs at 10 miles a week and she's run 520, like on the nose. Wow. Like just goes out and dominates. And she just doesn't care who's in the race. She's going out there to race. And I just find that like running dumb is the best way. Just go yes. out and race. And then, you, and then you don't burn out because then you don't have the expectations. You're just out there to see what, what, what you can do against other people during that yeah. day. And you start over, way overthinking like, like, and, you know, and Paxton, one of the great things I think Paxton did sometimes is he took that watch and he threw it to the ground. You're like, you don't need the watch. Run off how Wait, you're feeling. A little, sometimes you know, he you wouldn't know. throw it to the ground. He'd throw it into the woods a hundred yeah, yards away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, thank God it wasn't an Apple watch at the time or GPS. My God, he might have gotten a bill from some of our parents <laughs> for those things. Jesus. Yeah, I couldn't even you know, imagine while he's, while he's about riding these bad boys. About these. <laughs> exactly. While he's riding along in his little Zuzu, yeah, six oh five. Pick it up a little bit, boys. But uh, so, I had a kid. So, so on that, on that though, I got a good one with that because I had a kid his senior, so his junior year. I'm trying to remember what times he ran, but it was like it was like sixteen twenties. I want to say sixteen thirties, maybe something like that. And his senior year. Um, he had goals. He wanted to get better, but there was a kid at another school that everyone said, Oh, he's the best. Can't be touched. And him, him and I, the, uh, the kid I'm speaking on, I was like, it's in you that you should be beating this guy. Like you need to start challenging yourself, run with him, 
you know, you know, challenge stuff. Next thing you know, at the uh, regional meet, we came up with a nice game plan. He had been challenging him, challenging him, and, and he kind of was doubting himself. I can't beat him. I'm not going to be He's got a great kick, all this stuff. And he, that's true. He did a, a really good kick, but he wasn't as strong. Came up with a whole game plan. He won the region by uh, almost 200 meters and ran a 15 uh, 45, leaving the guy wow. behind him because wow. but he finally came to a realization of like, I, yeah, I can beat him. You know what I mean? It was just kind of putting it in play. And he actually had a really, really good senior year. He ended up getting ninth in the state meet in the 1600 run on a 421. And, wow. uh, <laughs> and so to give you how close it was, he ran a 421, got ninth, and the first place guy ran a 418. So that's how like jam packed they were. Just crazy. So, so he could have picked it up like two seconds. <laughs> I told him, dude, you, you you went all this way and you you didn't even meddle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, God, you got me by two seconds. You couldn't even I, pull off a medal. Yeah, and actually, uh, I I still give him a hard time because uh, he was in the thirty two hundred as well, and he had a chance to qualify for the state meet in the thirty two hundred, but he had already qualified in the sixteen and. I think it was on the second or third lap and it was in a dark corner. I'm sitting on one side of the, I'm like, where's the hat? Did I miss him? You know, trying to get his splits coming by, seeing where he's at. Did I miss him? I'm standing by his parents. I was like, no, nah, he walked off. So what? I, yeah, he walked off. So I kind of unloaded on him there and, and still give him a hard time whenever I see him because actually I was at his, uh, uh, his wedding and I was ready to give a wedding speech. Let's see if you follow through on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't do that. So I got a, a training question. So you use VDOT, Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like it, starting a new program, you got a bunch of new runners this year. How do you even start the VDOT? <laughs> it's been it's been difficult, especially um, in the beginning. A lot of them weren't even going to be registered on an, any VDOT because they weren't. Right. You know. So a lot of it is especially, and I, and I kind of did this at Parkless as well, but I kind of knew those kids a lot more is I wanted them to, to run specific workouts. Like one of my go-to workouts is, uh, what we call lane eights. If you're not sure what that is, it basically forces them to try to do a steady state run on the track, but it's 20 minutes. <laughs> all right. Um, in lane eight, hence called lane eights. So you have the starting line for the 400 meters, right? Then you come on back and then there's the finish line. So what they do is for 20 minutes, when they, when they pass, they're going the opposite direction. Okay. When they pass the finish line, that's when they got to put themselves in a race mode. All right. Try to do your race pace or what you deem is as close to your race pace as possible. You do that all the way up to the 400 start from the 400 to the finish line is like your wall. You get to recover. If you need to walk, you mm. walk. If you need to, you know, just a really, really slow jog, hit the finish line, you're back on it again, trying to do that. So I do a lot of stuff like that where it's off of their perceived uh, uh, feel of what their race pace is. I let them determine what their race pace is until we get done with that first race of the season. And then I have a, you know, here's the 5K gotta, time. And yeah. now I got a feed dot to kind of work off of. But majority of the time prior, it's, it's, a your perceived race pace or your perceived, you know, um, like what's the one if they're out on run on a, on a, because a lot of them have problems with this too. They don't know how to take an easy run easy. They're all racing all the time. I was like, if you can't make a full sentence, you're running too quick. So, so RP like just perceived effort. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, you know, like, what are the challenges of coaching high school? You've got a young family at home. Did you have a hair on that, Mike? Is that what you're pulling off? I Where did, did that hair yeah. come from? I've, I've got, well, between the dogs, the cat, and I, probably my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you it pulling hair. I was like, it, you it, didn't have any. It honestly might have been from when I did a back scratch and then rubbed <laughs> off a piece. You used it. Were you using it as like a loofah? <laughs> I thought I heard scratching earlier. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been a it's been a challenge with that one, especially because she's seventeen months now. Um, and months. Okay, so young. Yes, yeah, so 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 young. Um, so it's it's been difficult because. I'm out the door uh, about 5.30, 6 o'clock. 
I'm out the door headed to work and I don't get back until 5.30, 6 o'clock. And she's in bed by by 7. So I'm missing a, a quite a bit of time. I get to come at for like, uh, you know, bedtime routine. I don't see her in the morning before I leave. I get to see bedtime routine. That's and this it. is cross country season, which is yeah, easier than track. track. Yep. So yeah, to start up, man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to, I'm trying to make a uh, effort myself of to not over committing myself because I'm, I have to be able to uh, offload. I can't be doing all the work and all the stuff for track. I got to use the people that I have around me. You know what I mean? And I have a hard time doing that because sometimes I feel like it's not getting done right unless I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Which is hard, but trying to designate, okay, you, you're taking care of this. You're taking care of that. And, uh, if I got to check out, I got to check out, I got to get home. You know, I got to leave at five thirty or five, but, uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge and, you know, I'm, sh- I'm give- sure your assistants will be more than happy to help. And you put your like trust in them. Like, What's that? I find that. I, I, I bet your assistants will be grateful that you put your trust in them. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Validate that they are capable of doing the work that you're asking them to do instead of saying that you're a dumbass. I don't trust no. you. Get out of my way. Let me do it. I never say that to them, or at least not in their face. To them. Behind their yeah. backs. They, they, they yeah, get 100%. it. 100%. They... On a podcast where 30 people, right? 40, 20, 10, oh, come on. 23, 27. We're the fastest growing and biggest <laughs> podcast named Brigity Bro Bobs. All right, there. bro. what are do you have any pet peeves with like do you have any terrible parents that you have to deal with like what's a really tough parent that you like what is like what's a characteristic or something parents do that they don't even recognize that makes it super difficult to be a coach on a high school team oh boy um this that's a great question because there's a few of them i think one big one and i've had some that have been a little overbearing or having like like i usually do like a weekly email blast to all my parents of like here's what's coming up for the week and i there was one year i had a parent i do it every every monday that's what i do and i set up all right here's the meets this week here's what we got blah 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 and i send it out and without missing a beat this guy would send an email back asking a question where it's like just look above bud like i i put together this whole thing just take a just take a second to read it that was one but that i can deal with because it's just you know a quick easy response the one that i have a hard time with is where they the parents start setting way too big expectations for a kid so they apply more pressure that a kid's already feeling pressure anyways and yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, but like do you know what i mean like let them enjoy it like don't get like they had a great race they're they're you know they did a good job their freshman year or they did a good job their sophomore year that doesn't guarantee that oh they're getting a scholarship and we're gonna this is what we're doing we're gonna get a private coach we're gonna it's like no not you're you're gonna burn them out you're gonna put all this unwanted and unneeded stress on them and you're taken away from the fun of it you know, the community is the fun of it. Like a big problem we have down here is people trying to just snatch up kids and put them on AAU, 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 you know, because they will take anybody. Why? Because you're going to write them a check to be on their team and they're going to tell you everything they want, want you to hear. But that's probably the big one is the, the parent that puts over expectations on their kid for having like one good season where it was okay, but you know what? Let them enjoy it. So, so I've got two questions off of that that uh, really intrigue me. One, do you ever actually see kids perform better when you put pressure on them? So pressure, you know, like, you know, this week you've got to be running, you know, for the boys. If you don't run 1530, you're not making it out of, you know, like districts or, you know, like this is the week, you know, like I think it's, I personally think it actually, it's, I don't even think it's a co- opinion. So, but when you put a time pressure on somebody, that's I've the worst. Never seen it really work out. So yeah. you might find the one anomaly that they were probably going to beat that time by twenty seconds. So, but it's the kid that is like struggling to get those times, 
or it's mm-hmm. like a big leap goal for them and it, it they just crumble under the pressure so if it's a if it's a 1600 the first lap they're two seconds off and they go holy shit you know like yeah. how am i going to make this up in cross country you come across you get that first split and you know like candidly two seconds whether it's cross country or a 1600 does all of that's made up well you know like you can make that up in the back end of the race and is two seconds really that big of a perceived effort difference no and but you're i've never i hate listening and uh to my kids talk about what times they ran because i i just i can't stand especially in cross country it's like that's arbitrary it's irrelevant yeah, yeah, it's it, what course they ran on. Uh, it's completely different. What the day was, you know, it could have been raining, windy, whatever the case may be. So I always try to push them in. Just if you compete, the times will be there. You'll get your times as long as you're competing. You're not putting yourself in this box. Um, you know, kind of going back to what we said, like you know, here's the uh, the uh, the order we're all supposed to be in. So. Um, I've never, I, I actually made mistakes early on in coaching of trying to do something like that, where I set time standards, if you will, or all right, on this lap, we got to be, I don't know, let's just say for the 1600 going through, we want to be at two thirty if you want to get to your goal. So now you're in that trap and I've made mistakes like that. And I, I learned very quickly that, all right, they came through one was they came through two twenty five, So they slowed down. Yeah, I, I put them in a box. I didn't give them an opportunity to, you know, let them fly, let them be who they are. You know what I mean? Like there are two twenty five, baby. Guess you got to let me fly. Let me go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so that, All right. that, I don't like doing that. I like to, I like to just get them competing as much as possible and not because it, it, I don't think I can't think of one where it's ever worked out that as long as you're here and like, some of my kids get pissed at me during track, especially because that's the big one. Cause it's, you're just seeing them. You're coming through the 400. What's my time. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> just keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Sometimes second mm-hmm. question that I've got for you related to that, you brought about, uh, or you brought up, you know, like parents putting pressure on the kids. And as soon as they show a glimpse of, of talent, they think, well, like this is the this is the meal ticket. Like, how do we get them to the next level? And mm-hmm. you know, like Coach Barry's not getting them there. Yeah. So you know, like, have you seen a lot in Florida? The you know, like these online coaching groups. Like, the, there's the really big one. I think it's Run CCG. Uh, you Ooh. know, like they're. I think they're just a marketing company, but uh, like we've got some kids in this area that uh, that are pretty damn good like both on a on a state level and a national level that then get online coaching while running for the high school yeah i i hate that i um i dealt with that this year but it was from uh park vista previous kids because of the way i was coaching them over there and what came in and they didn't think that what came in was doing them justice they were it wasn't preparing them um like they were normally getting prepared for or what they felt they were. And I try to just tell them, cause I didn't want to step on toes or anything. I was like, just cause it's different doesn't mean it's wrong, but. Well, they, you're, so I believe that 100%. So one, there's no one way to train. Mm-hmm. So in two, this is all an experiment. So, you know, oh, like just because you do workouts doesn't guarantee any level of success. And yeah. so, you know, like what good coaching is, is you throw a, a particular stimulus at the kids, you find out what reacts. If it's working, if it's moving in the right direction, you can apply some more of the stimulus. And if it's not working, one, you've got to even give the stimulus some time to understand if it's actually, actually, you know, like one week of a stimulus isn't, yeah. isn't going to bear any results. No, you're not getting it. It's not instantaneous. But this, this young man, he, he reached out to me about it and he wanted to know if it was, uh, one against the rules. And I thought I, and I, I said, you need to talk to you because talk to his current coach there about it. And I ended up talking to her about this, but he was getting, uh, information and workouts and such from a 
uh, collegiate runner at USF. And he was the collegiate runner was, and I don't know if that is, is kind of similar as to what's going on in what you were talking about, but he was getting his workouts from his collegiate runner and he was paying the collegiate runner for the workouts. And I talked to the coach and I'm like, you, I just wanted to let you know, he reached out to me and this is what's going on. He's like, oh yeah, I looked into it. It's okay. In my mind, I'm like, nah, that, that ain't going to fly. You're not a part of the team then. You're not, you're not doing what the team's doing. You're, you're gone. So it kind of disappointed me that he did that especially being a captain of the team, but that, that goes on down here for sure. Um, I did have one of the parents from Park Vista approach me and say, do you do private coaching? I want to hire you because what's going on is I'm like, no, I'm not stepping on toes. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. And I could have so got how some would, money. What would you do in, uh, if that came to your school? So some kid, would, you find it like, would you move them off the team? Yeah, they're gone. Absolutely. Wow. They haven't, they have it. They have a choice. You either, um, if it's an off training, like off season, like we're quickly coming to the off season and you do something like that during your off season, fine. During season, I'm the coach. This is my team. This is your team. If you're not in with it, you're out. Yeah. It takes away from the culture. Like if you have their thing, and you're not really interacting with them, but they're a part of the team, but everybody else is over here doing that. I mean, it already segments everybody off. Anyway. 100%. It's all, that's what I think, like you were saying, the stimulus, the workouts, those are all very, very good things. But these kids, I feel, excel in competing when they feel united with the group, when they are all running and kind of struggling for each other. Do you know what I mean? So let me throw out a hypothetical to both of you. Both of you are involved with high school athletics. Dan, so, what, wait, hold on. What events do you coach, Dan? Like as the head coach, what events do you, are you primarily in charge of? Whatever's, coaching. whatever is open. I, I, um, it, it depends because because it's, it's been a hard time keeping assistant coaches around just because of the pay for one, the time constraint. Um, and then when the time practice are you like, we practice at three to five, five thirty. for people that are nine to fivers, they can't come out there, you know, yeah. and, and give that time. And then, you know, how track meets can go a pretty good amount of time. So it's then still time constraint. So depending on what assistance I get in and where they feel comfortable, then I base, then I kind of go off to what needs assistance, whether it's throws jumps, which I hate. I'm not very good at a jumps coach. Um, throws, I've, I've, I've learned a lot, but uh, <laughs> but jumps, not so much. And pole vault is the absolute worst. <laughs> I can't stand pole vault. I have no, I like talking, talk, talking to those kids about the flex and this. I'm like, bro, I, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. So th- I think that segues almost exactly into my next question. So there's bad coaches out there. And, oh, you yeah. know, like, so is it fair to a kid with a bad coach, even if it's pointed at yourself? Like, so growing up in the disciplines that we did, we know nothing about pole vault. Yeah. Like those, those guys, I never even saw a person at pole vaulting at practice. <laughs> they were so far off the moon from where we were. So yeah, is they it weren't fair practicing. To, they were laying on the mat. Let's be honest. That, that's right. So, but is it fair to those kids to get bad coaching if they could go out and source good coaching? Okay. No, I see. That's a very good uh, question. Um, so, with that aspect, I've had kids go to a, a specialist for pole vault. The caveat to that, though, is it doesn't pull away from our practice time. If they okay. do it on the if they do it on the weekends, which many of them do, because where a lot of them would end up going is in like the Orlando area, um, uh, Pole Vault City, which is up there. Now there's a, a new one that just opened up down in uh, uh, Miramar. Hmm. But as long as it's not uh, taken away from our practice time. In that regards, if it's something you can't offer, right? Like, let's say like you have nobody who can truly coach. Then I would say, yes, if you were a pole vaulter and we have nobody to coach you in pole vault, by all means, let's get you a coach. However, we have to do it and you can go do it that way. 
Yeah. But if it's something that we're offering and that even if you don't like me as a coach, I'm still coaching you, then yeah. no. Like you're part of the you're part of the team. Or you can choose not to be, and then you can do it on your own anyway. So but but that is it is a difficult thing because you don't like you're not in it for the money you're not in it for the you want to see the kids excel and you want to give them the best opportunity and but again it's all about the camaraderie and being a, being involved with the team as well so and I and, and Jeremy I like to hear what what you guys have for for us here we have four stipends four paid coaches for track and field so that's a boys girls head coach boys girls assistant that you know there's a lot more events than just four in track and field. So you're not getting like all those areas covered. So what started building at Park Vista um, is, all right, I, I coached up the, you know, let's just say hurdlers. All right. Now these guys are juniors and seniors. I'll go over there and rotate around and get to a couple drills. But now those juniors and seniors become the coach they start taking those young younger kids underneath their their wing and coaching them up taking that ownership which i think has really helped them out as people as well because then they they are they're learning you know life skills with that regards um so I, that's just one way that we've we've done it there just in like i said i'll rotate around to different spots but after coaching an area then the kids become their their best coach you know okay. what i mean I don't know how many you get, Germ. Like, how many coaches we, do you there, guys we, have? We get as many as we can get. Um, <laughs> like, our team is a mess. Yeah. Uh, so there, I, I'm a head running coach. I'm the head running coach. We have another guy who's like the head coach, but he's primarily over the field events. Okay. Um, so I hardly ever see the guy. He takes like half the team and he goes away and they do whatever they do. In a different spot. Um, yeah. And then I have none of us get a stipend. So all of us are doing it on our own time. Like, we okay. don't get paid extra for doing what we're doing. Um, so then I have a coach who comes out to do distance and then I'm essentially in charge of everybody else. So there's really only, and then I have like a lady who doesn't really want to be there and she lets it known that she doesn't want to be there. So I just let her do what she wants to do. Like, <laughs> and she's like, not getting paid. Uh, maybe she just likes to go and she's not getting paid, but it's one of our duties. Oh, right? so, okay. 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 Um, so she goes out and I'm like, dude, just go away. Like I'd rather yeah. you not even be here. Yeah, don't, I tell don't her, bring that like, negativity around here. No, when we send the kids to to the um, to the weight room, I'm like, you go with them. You go with them and let the like the strength coach do what they have to do, and then you'll you just sit there. Yeah. So that's what I do. But like we have to rotate. Like we just have to. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to find people who are like experts. I coach sprints and I coach the hurdles and I do what I can with all that stuff, but. I'm no expert in either of those. I never competed in them. Right. Yeah. Like to have, like I've done a lot of research on how to start out of blocks, but can I truly tell them, okay, this is what it should feel like because I've never done it. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's one of those <laughs> things that we're continually. <laughs> Early on, I was, I was put in, uh, uh, helping the sprinters out with the starts and I was like, all right. So, and I looked it up and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a go. That did not work out too well. <laughs> no. It it was actually very embarrassing, and um, well, let's just say my face didn't like it. I didn't no. explode near right. hard enough as I went boom and right down. <laughs> but I've got the kids who have done like the AAU stuff. So I got I up and I brought you guys. Get, like, see what I did there? You got to get right. don't do that. Don't <laughs> do better. Yeah, dude. But I have like I have a bunch of kids who are good at at starts help with that so i'm like yeah. okay like you guys let's let's show them what it should look like yeah. like tell them what it feels like when you're doing this like this part of this portion of mm -hmm. of the start so that they they can put it into words a lot better than i can and i'm just there to kind of like mentor like to like watch over and do yeah. i can get feedback especially when i see the kids pop up soon and all that stuff i can do all that but as far as telling them what it should feel like i'm like oh. yeah maybe like the best way to fix it you don't but you know you're doing the best you can because like you just said you're 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 uh you're involved in it. You're looking things up. You're researching, and so you know, trying to do the best you can without really ever being the I, you know the best at that I, area. I do plan on um, going and getting at least the first level of certification for sprint yeah. coach, um, so I can be I'm a, a lot more capable than I am right now. Yeah, um, I'll get over the summertime and get that wrapped up. So yeah, That's and cool. I, and I've had I've had a. a um, this is when I was a uh, assistant at Park Vista. We had a kid go through there who ended up running for uh, Howard. Um, mm. He was a 400, 800 kid. Uh, he now 
he uh he's he's um where is he now? he's training out in california and he's like um the guide runner for an olympic uh 400 blind guy oh, wow. he's, he's the guide runner for him and he trains out there but he's he comes back and he's come back to park Vista a couple times just to come out to the track one to do his workouts and two to kind of i have him talk to the kids about it and he said one of the one of the great things like and i think it's it's definitely you know uh kind of hits home for them is like he got you know he gave him the whole spiel talked to him talked to him about work and this that and the other and then he said who's who's the most important coach out here and a lot of them said oh coach barry coach barry because well, well, head coach he goes now nah, you're the most important coach you're your most important coach because you know what they can kind of put something out there but if you're not going to do anything with it it doesn't matter so you're the most important coach so that's what I think it is in a lot with track and field, especially when you don't have the numbers that are out there to help each individual as much as you probably would like. They got to find ways to help themselves. Yep. I love it. Dan, I know you got an early morning. Yeah, early morning. And, and to be honest, I'm trying to make it earlier so I can get my butt up and going and, and getting a run in before work. But boy. That snooze button is nice. It is, but once you get into a rhythm, Dan Barry. Yeah, but that rhythm oh, is trash. super hard to get into. You're trash. Yeah. You're trash. It's well, super hard to get into that rhythm. Yeah, love... but once, uh, yeah, but once you get into it. All right, Jerm, what rhythm are you in? Let's let, what rhythm are the you? I'm running rhythm right now. <laughs> Feel the rhythm. No, I'm running after school because <laughs> I'm not. Co- I'm running after the, school right now because I'm not coaching. The peanut okay, butter so have, cup yeah. rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> I've, been, I've been dad taxing Elliot's candy like it's my job. Oh, he man. came in today. He's like, "Where'd all my candy go?" I was like, oh, "Yeah, well, half we, of it's gone now." Well, we found out there's not that many kids that trick or treat around here, so you know where that's going. That's a yeah, that's a no, that's, that's my treat in the lunch pail every every afternoon. Ooh, look at this! What 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 did Amy pack me today? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're trying to find a better neighborhood though, because it gets it gets legit, man. Yeah. What uh, we'd love so Jeremy and I are Jeremy. Is it agreed upon we're not racing the 10k? We're just we're running. just gonna run it. That's right. All right. right. So I was going to ask you where you guys are at in this voyage that you started, but you know, what happens? You got to, you got to change sometimes. You got to alternate, you know, yeah, yeah. adapt Adapt and overcome or just adapt. You don't have to overcome anything because it doesn't matter. But (laughs) so So, my my niece, my 39 seconds is still like 39 seconds. It's not going to change because that's right. Yeah. So, oh, with the 5k, that was from the 5k, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dan, that, we, that, we that was love... that was one this one hopper coming through here. That's right. Yeah. Well, look at the knee surgery. Look, I'm still wounded from this thing. So doing physical therapy, I'm kicking ass because I'm um, yeah. I'm pretty tough. But <laughs> the uh, rock and roll half marathon in Washington D.C. Dan, if you want to participate, that's uh, like middle of March. Jeremy, am I March, right in that? March. Yeah, middle March. And then we you got a marathon. Yeah. Yeah, we've already signed up. And then we signed up for the grandma's marathon if you want to come and uh hang out grandma, and do it. You most certainly do it. It's not during the school year. It's after yeah, that's, school. That is Middle not summer. during the school year. That is not during the school year. Funny thing about the grandma's, I did sign up for it. I think it was the year after Bradford here uh went out and crushed it. And I was like, dude, if he can do that. I can Watch smoke me. that course. I and me, then I never give did Give me my super after. shoes. Give me my <laughs> I, super shoes. I even I even paid a little extra and had him deliver a nice jacket, the grandma's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yes. I never did anything else yes. after that. I never did grandma's either, although I signed up. Yeah, so. We All got right, the jackets just, too, Jeremy. We're just, we we're do just, have the jackets. We're donating a bunch of money to them. Hey, thanks for keep putting this on. That, that's how they make their money. They have a <laughs> bunch much, of idiots. What's their percentage? What percentage do you think the races have of no shows? Oh, Ten I'm to fifteen percent. Yep, there you go. That's what those are the numbers I was going to go for. They don't have to worry about that. They're getting like free money. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they procured the jackets. They had to send out the jackets. Like, there's an actual <laughs> cost involved. They were probably even donated. 
So the extra money for the jack. <laughs> they were donated by the other idiots that bought them and said, That's I'm right. not going to need this and returned it. This says 1997 grandmas. I signed up for 2022. <laughs> no, they're, they're smarter than that. That's why they stopped putting the years on it. Yeah. Although, the, <laughs> although the colors on there are, are pretty representative of they're, the 80s. <laughs> the grandma's colors are awful. It's browns and yellows oh every God. year. It's like, it's like being a Cleveland Brown fan fan it's terrible oh <laughs> it's like what what whoa jesus are you at a speedway <laughs> coming, uh, coming, at hot coming in hot yeah jeez wow. are you choking on his exhaust <laughs> <laughs> well dan oh. this was a lot of fun tonight i'd love to oh, do yeah. it again as as your time allows i think yes, I absolutely i loved it we could have talked for another hour about uh, bullshit, racing, flats, super shoes, world records, doping, all the all the good hot buttons. We'll bring you back on. Dan, I know Absolutely I speak for me and Jeremy. I'm proud of what you're doing down there, bud. Yeah, oh, man. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a uh, it's been a fun journey listening from episode one to where you are now and uh yeah i'd love to be back on jeremy let's sign it off you know what dan you know what jeremy i love you guys i love Love you guys guys too yeah i love (laughs) you bro love you bro hey bro (laughs) (laughs) all right dipshit and dipshit too i'll catch y'all later (laughs) uh things are going so good too (laughs) see ya jeez he's gone yeah see you buddy